It's time for ah. another episode of what? What's what? happening? Did you shut click, up? Did you click the record button? Yes, man. I, it's yes. This is happening. It's a crossover episode. Now, question: uh, Do I get to be Mariska Hargitay, or are you Mariska Hargitay, and I'm the guy that was gone for a long time? And then they gave him a newer then, show. Yeah, yeah. Which one that am thing. I, and which one are you? What's that guy's name? Christopher something? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's... I don't want to be other. I'll, I want to be Ice-T. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Can I be his daughter then that looks exactly like you? Did you see that this last week? Yes. Oh, I want to transition goodness. from the guy who wrote Cop Killer into a respected actor. Yeah. For a franchise. Uh, so, uh, if you're wondering what's happening, everyone, this is the Cultural Hall. A- and, and this uh, week in Mormons. Yeah, and that's what's happening. Everyone, hell is frozen over. <laughs> we are here. Myself, Jeff Openshaw, and, and, and the myself, man, the, myth and the legend, uh, Richie T. No myth, no legend. Barely man, Rich. Jeff. Barely man. Those are your words. Yeah, I know. Those Listen, are not my words. I'll own every bit of those. Uh, we decided yeah. a long time ago, and by we decided, I think I pestered Jeff into this episode. I said we should do an episode together, and he said absolutely not. I'm not waking up at 8 a.m. the day after Christmas to record yes. an episode uh, with you. Forget it. I'm not interested. The first time you proposed those dates, I assumed you were just trying to antagonize me or troll me. So I was like, no, 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 no. Give me something respectable, Richie, like 9 p.m. You know, at night on a Sunday. Yeah. That's yeah. way better for everyone. Is that more respectable? I don't know. This is this does remind me of the early days of Twin. We used to always record on Sunday nights back when we first started out because that's just it was like, I don't know. That's just how it went. But now it's we I rarely ever record on Sundays. Now, uh, so. I'll tell you what, recording this late and granted your Eastern time for people who don't know Jeff. Jeff is from This Week in Mormons. It's a, a podcast that's been around for a good amount of time. 11 plus years, I want to say. I.e. longer than the cultural hall. Well, we'll yes, get into exactly. that. Certainly. <laughs> so, sometimes. The funny, th- the funny thing is, though, this is both of our 540th episode. Yep. What a weird way this lined up. I don't think we were even thinking directly along those lines. You don't we give me enough up. credit. I 100% uh, planned it to be this way. And I'm not I joking. Not. 100%. I, 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 I only realized it like this past week when we were chatting. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, that's cool. That's great. Uh, Jeff lives on the East Coast. He lives in Virginia, D.C. I live in, I live in the Virginia side of the greater Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Yes, I live, I live among the swamp people. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact. It, now, I've heard it's been drained, right? And then aren't we filling it back up again? Isn't that what's going oh. on? Oh, we, yeah, but see, we worked really hard to make sure it did not actually get drained. Oh. We, we, those of us who live here were like, look, D.C. is a swamp. It was built upon a swamp, yeah. and we're going to keep it swampy. Yeah. There's no point fighting nature on this thing, people. You can build a tidal basin all you want, but we're, it's, you try to control that, that inflow and outflow of the Potomac, but it doesn't matter. If there's, not a t-shirt, if there's not a T-shirt for D.C. that says keep it swampy, I indul- I implore you to please, please make it keep it swampy, Washington D.C. along the bottom. I'd buy it's that time t-shirt. to see if, if this. Okay, a quick Google search of "keep it swampy D.C." Uh, unfortunately, yields on the end of D.C. Comics and mm. gives me pre videos for the Swamp Thing ah, um, nah. show. Okay, whole lot of Swamp Thing going on here. Uh, this is not going to be an episode where we talk too much about uh, each, each other's uh, shows or podcasts. In the case of Jeff. 
uh we uh will probably is that normally just... what you do do you spend your episodes talking about your own podcast well is no 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 doing? no but like if you were a guest that, that's I... very on brand for you okay Richie. It, listen if i were if you were my guest i would say now jeff when you started this week in mormons a long time ago tell me what made you want to start uh doing a podcast i guess oh, I Richie, would, i'll, t- I'll I tell you i'll tell you exactly i'll tell you exactly that because when i ask you what made you want to start your own news podcast you're just going to say you want to copy me so right. this, this will cut we'll, we'll cut it all very quickly so uh, when we did start This Week in Mormons back in January 2010, the idea way back then, the short elevator version of it, is there was like there was either like more or less quote unquote questioning or Exmo type podcasts. Right. Those were still a thing. And then there was stuff produced by the church, and the church's digital game was horrible back right. then. And so there wasn't much else. We wanted to start kind of an everyman show where we could be active guys in the church and still laugh at ourselves, talk about difficult issues as needed. And we framed it around a weekly newscast covering Latter-day Saint news, and there was no Latter-day Saint news podcast of any kind at the time. So that's what we started doing, and it was fun. Um, you kind of came at it from the other side, where I think you were initially starting with guests. When yeah, you started in, the in fairness, Hall. I just and, wanted to meet yeah. uh, Peter Breinholt. And when, awesome. I got, when I got to meet Peter Breinholt six episodes in, I went, well, I'm either done, or I guess I'm going to have to change this around a little bit. And so yeah, then and at I'm that not, point... I'm, 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 I'm still not done. You've interviewed my white whale, and I, I remain <laughs> in a, my Ahabian quest um, to talk to McKay Coppins has yet to bear fruit. And uh, so I, I, I took now. Now, let's talk about that for a quick second, because if you recall yeah. right about the time that I that I did my interview with McKay Coppins, I said to you, hey, if you'll hang up your hat. I will connect you with McKay Coppins, and you can be done. You can be put out of your misery. The weight that is producing a show every week, sometimes what you feel like to a vacuum, I'll give you that white whale, and then we can end that chapter of your life. It's, and you said it's like no. a very noble way for you to try to get rid of some competition. It's very smart. It's, you're, you're just you're I, so magnanimous. I'm very you? giving. I'm very giving. This is why I bring you here. This is why we're here. This is the good times. So, uh, Anyway, man, how, how's uh, how just how's the stuff in Utah? How, uh, how's the old CH doing? Just oh, how's the life? It's smoky, on? and you know we always at the start of our show, uh, twin folks that have never heard an episode of the Cultural Hall, we always spend the first little bit. We call it opening exercise. We just talk about like what's going on in each other's lives. I had the craziest thing happen to me at church today. Yeah, we uh, call that banter. Oh That's yeah, what it is. yeah. We yeah. we like to label things. You're good at branding. Yeah. I'm just like it's banter. I'm talking to people. Okay. Uh, I'm at church, okay. and uh, uh, there the woman in our ward. She gets called to the stake relief society presidency, and I'm like, congratulations. Is that what you say? I didn't really know. It's either condolences or congratulations. And she said, yeah. And I had walked into church a couple minutes late, and she said, did you hear the news? And I said, no, I did not hear. The other news, aside from what this is, a woman that I minister to died. So did you like minister to her? Like, were you doing your job or was this one of these things where you said someone on my list who I'm supposed to be ministering to? No, no, no. Like this is like I I, in times in my life have been a good minister and in times in my life have been a bad minister. As have many of us. Yeah. Yeah. She is the one that I would go and visit. I would take my dog over. She would sneak treats to my dog, and I'd always try and tell her, please don't do that. They they found her dead in her home a couple of days ago. Well, that's unfortunate. Yes, sorry to hear it, that. it's tragic. It was someone I really liked. She was great to visit with. We'd sit on her porch. She sort of reminded me of that grandma that like puts the one hand underneath your hand and then puts your hand and then puts the other of their hand on top and just tells you everything is going to be all right, and it actually yeah. is all right, and she died. That's it. I'm sorry, man. 
All right, when you were doing that hand on top of hand on top of hand thing, you were making me think of that old church video with that woman who says like, you held the hand that held the hand that oh. held the hand of the prophet Joseph. Yeah, anyway, you've right. never seen that, folks. Right. You can find it on YouTube. I didn't mean, I'm not trying to diminish the very real like pain and, and trouble. Sorry, Maya. I'm a bad person. No, no I think that's 100% spot on, but I've never had that experience before. It's like uh, recently one of the, the young women that I taught when I taught Sunday school to like the 12 and 13-year-olds, she recently got married. I'm just old. That's all this is. I'm at the point where things in people's lives happen, and I've known them for a long time, so they happen. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Okay. What about you? Okay. Have you uh, had anyone die on you or get married? Nobody that my sister, you know, twin listeners know my sister got married a month and a half or so ago, and that was fun. Went to Phoenix, the place no one should live. And thankfully, science corroborated this this week. I, I saw an article that actually said Arizona is the worst place to live in the United States. Is it the Which heat? is a big deal. If you're beating like Mississippi and Louisiana, that says something. You are, it's the heat, it's the pollution, it's the poor investment in public services, it's the whole thing. Pollution is bad in Arizona? Why would it not be? It's just a big valley of 5 million people and no trees to absorb anything <laughs> yeah i guess i hadn't considered that part of it but you know when i think of bad pollution spots i think of like los angeles and yeah, yeah the entire course. country of china and you know yeah yeah and the salt lake valley yeah during yeah winter, cash valley too like in the winter time yeah. sure is cash valley that bad during it, the winter pretty does, bad does utah valley also get inverted or do they get oh yeah spared? oh yeah yep oh, but man. inverted uh socially it's a weird thing it's not it's just pollution. Type. it's a different inversion yeah all the swigging and the so delicious thing <laughs> i as a non-Utah folks, for cultural hall listeners, uh, who I, I went to BYU, that's basically it for my Utah experience. I mean, we go back and visit here and there. I don't have really many family out there or anything. So Utah is a peculiar place to me, and I enjoy talking to, with people like Richie who are there in the thick of it, you know, mm -hmm. really in the mix of Latter-day Saint action. I mean, th very like I just said, so delicious swig. I mean, it's like I love our culture as Latter-day Saints because we don't if we don't drink alcohol, we always find substitutes. And the very fact that you can go to a place where it's like here is soda with extra sugar added to it and a sugar cookie. If you want on top of that, mm -hmm. let be your, your snack. I mean, you could just eat some almonds, but right. instead that is your snack. And it's like only in Utah and other Mormon places, you know, like Mesa and whatever, Idaho falls or something, but you know what I mean? No, the Mormon corridor is just a, just a fascinating place. And sometimes I wonder if I could live there for fun. So Richie and I could hang out yep. and do fun things. I together. think we would be friends truthfully. Richie, I don't know how to tell this to our listeners, but I think maybe we are friends. Yeah. Well, this is the first yeah. time that we've talked directly to each other. Uh, oh, locally. well, at least one on one. There was a time when when uh, leading saints did some kind of roundtable thing. Right. And when we both signed on and saw one another, we're there. We almost, yeah. we almost like torpedoed the whole event because yeah. we were just like yelling at one. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy? Boo. Boo. We were very mature. Kurt, Kurt Frank comes in there trying to like convene a great discussion on leadership. And we're like, oh, my gosh, who's this guy? Yeah. What's this about? Yeah. yeah. Could so if be... I'm ever bishop, that's how it's gonna. I'll be a terrible bishop. That's what that's what I've learned. Could this be more inside though? We're just talking about like, oh, our friend Kurt Frankum, uh, and you know the times that we've hung out and all this stuff. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just gonna keep name dropping. Yeah, all the time. sure. Peter Brineholt, yeah. you yeah. you work with Lisa Valentine Clark. Heard you know, of her? All of Latter Day Saintdom did once. I was engaged interviews yeah. last week, yes. which was a crack up for me. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, even even up. Kurt. Speaking of, I noticed even Kurt tried uh, to shoehorn that, that, once. That, that I was made engaged. me laugh. I was like, <laughs> I know. I was like, dude, even you couldn't resist this one. Huh? <laughs> you played a bishop in the movies, and you were a bishop in real life. What was the commonality? No, no, uh, no heat, Kurt. <laughs> uh, Kurt and I are uh, gonna be roommates in a week. Oh yeah, that thing that thing's happening. Huh? I forgot yeah, about that, that podcast uh, conference, Kurt. 
said, hey, can I come stay in your room? And I was like, you you know how we sort of do this within the culture? And I do this very same thing, too. So this is me not calling out Kurt. But you know how we do that thing where we're like, I could save a buck if I live uncomfortably for a few days. That's what Kurt and I will be doing. We'll be 50 percenting our hotel room. Well, I tell you what, the Gaylord International Nashville is no slouch of a hotel. It's not. It's going to cost you a pretty penny, my friend. Sure. You got to. You got to. Yeah. You got to sublet that thing. Yeah. Well, half of a pretty penny now. That, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Man. It's good times. Uh, and then uh, I was going to go back to oh the 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 Utah thing, right? So you're talking about yeah. like the sugary things and all that stuff. So it's interesting. Your wife is a member of the church. Mine is not, and yeah. so she calls yeah. that kind of crap out all the time. She's like, you know. I get that everybody wants to be healthy and I'm not and I'm not giving anyone a hard time but do we really think that a 64 ounce soda a pink frosting cookie is going to be better for an individual than a half a cup of coffee in the morning and you just kind of go I, I mean well yeah um, yeah like yeah, word of wisdom wouldn't it Richie let's make a pact right now if either one of us for some horrible reasons ever called as a bishop we will go out of our way to vigilantly enforce the proactive tenets of the word of wisdom. Yes. And we will be like, no, you can't have your temple recommend. I see you chugging jolt cola all day long. Get a grip. Eat some grains. Do you remember the first time you had jolt cola as a kid? Oh, yeah. When I was a teenager, we thought it was the greatest thing in the yeah, world. It was, yeah. And then when they came out with the double sugar, double caffeine version, yes. which I at least I appreciate the chutzpah and the branding on that. Just like, oh, yeah, we're just, this is, version is just worse yeah, yeah. in every way. Dive in. And yeah, then I for remember, a short time, they made Jolt Cola gum that had caffeine in it. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Well, I saw a funny thing. We were watching some Olympics um, last night and there was a like and seeing ads for one thing. I don't really subscribe to any TV or anything like mm-hmm. that. But uh, so I rarely see commercials on TV. And one of the commercials or one of the sponsors of the Olympics was some it's it's alcohol water. It's just straight up water with alcohol in it. And that's all it's meant to be. All the refreshment of just just plain old water. Nothing else added to it. But the wonderful side effect of a buzz after you're hydrating yourself. And I would think the alcohol would also take away some of the hydration, given these sort of, you know, you know, moisture sucking components of alcohol in the first place. So I guess that's, I think we've hit rock bottom. Like if you're going to drink, you might as well enjoy yourself. Why would you just do it with water? It's like when you buy just caffeinated water, which is also a thing. I mean, people. It Was it hop water? I'm looking up. They have, uh, they have different that's a, kinds of, of. That's a horrible name, but uh, I don't know. Or Lemon Perfect. Olympic that's one. Sponsor. Or Liquid Death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see if this shows up as one of. Um, oh, here it is. Here it, it is. Here it is. Here it is. Pura Still. That sounds that sounds Pura about right. Still, yeah, and it looks like it's a new alcoholic beverage that is simply spiked still water or still this yeah, is... coconut water powder and sodium benzoate to preserve Ugh, the flavor. I hate to be that guy, but we are. I think we're beyond saving at this point. Um, I fully expect to see profits falling dead in Jerusalem any day now. <laughs> this is this is pretty much. What's, I don't want to say I welcome that. it because that sounds horribly blasphemous. But I I take a second coming at this point. Do you? Let me ask you personally. Do you ever like fear the second coming? No. I mean, like, is it something you look forward to genuinely, or are you like, do you have trepidation about it? Zero percent fear. My only issue with it is, you know how like the the like the thinking around it is, the people who are righteous will know and be ready, and the people who are unrighteous will not know, and it will surprise them. Well, yeah, sure. I, yeah, I just hope I just hope that like I'm not surprised, right? 
Like, I'm not scared, <laughs> but I hope oh, I'm Oh, no, like, I'm one of them. Yeah. I'm oh, one. no, it's too late. I need oil. Does anyone have oil for my lamps? Anyone? Like, I just, <laughs> I just want to be oil in the lamp guy. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what, I get weird about it. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. What scares you honest. about it? I don't know. It's just like a scary idea. I don't know. It's just like I, I hope to assume I will be among those uh, reserved for the good things. Right. That's the goal. Still, it's kind of scary. It's like the same thing. Like I'm really like don't like death. I'm I'm kind of like afraid of death, sure. even though I have a testimony of like this is not it. Right. But it's still I just don't I still like I still am afraid of death. Yeah. It's just a thing, you know. Now I know what to dress up as for Halloween and come knocking to your door. The Grim Reaper? Yeah. No, just death. Just death in general. Just, just death, death in person. general. Oh, yeah. All right. I could enough. dress like you and be dead. I'll wear my grandma's sweater and what else are you wearing? What is that? <laughs> what is that? This is a cardigan, buddy. Yeah. My basement is cold. When you've got humid DC summers and then the AC is raging and I'm in my basement office. I keep an assortment of sweatshirts and things down here, even though it's 90 odd degrees outside because it's just otherwise I'm cold. And this was the one I grabbed just for yeah. you, Richard. Well, I was not, I was not wearing this prior to this call. Well, and you're uh, apparently wearing some trying it, to pretend you're a soccer fan. Yeah, I'm not. In fact, yeah. it's a real uh, Salt Lake Jersey. And yeah, they're I, the best. I, uh, I yeah, whatever. They're, I mean, they're great. Did Rio Tinto stop sponsoring them? Uh, uh I, I don't know. Is the stadium still Rio Tinto Stadium? It is. It is. Okay, good. Because Utah needs to celebrate its mining heritage. It's very sure. important. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mining and industrial banking. It's everything. Uh, but I so with my old job, with my old day job, they gave us jerseys for free every year. And so that's why I have this jersey. It is a comfortable shirt. And when I wear it out in public and people go, Yeah, did you see the game? I go, What on the what in the world are they talking about? Remember that I have an RSL well, jersey, and then I just have to go, Oh yeah, unreal way to go what kind of job what job gives you free jersey was this when you worked for radio from hell like uh -huh. what is what yeah. is okay yeah owned by, and there's owned like by the one, same one of the perks one of the perks is you just get free jerseys yeah owned by, owned by the same guy guy who owned the radio station owned the soccer team oh yeah well that is a perk yeah man i'd be like living in sandy if that were the case i would just <laughs> never leave yeah jeez well. man that's the life uh now at which point Richie, do you, do you pivot into we, we've done the whatever this is the aperitif the yep. the opening exercises what right, do you call right. it so what are what are we doing now so What's our so next at part? one point I'll take a break and say all right we'll come back and do actual articles of news. <laughs> Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. A busy full summer from Best DJ in Utah. Go to bestdjinutah.com. Why, that is me, Richie T., and I would love to be able to play music at your upcoming wedding 
or maybe you're having a company party, or maybe you're thinking already for the holiday party, whatever it is that's on your schedule, you should get the number one highest rated DJ for the state of Utah. Now, I know you're thinking, I don't even live in Utah, Richie. Would you ever do an event in Washington State? Oh, I've already done that before. Would you ever do an event in California? Been there too. How about Louisiana? Uh Uh-huh. Texas? Yes. Point is, uh, you know, you, you throw shekels my way, I'll come to wherever you're at. We could even combine it and make it an episode of the Cultural Hall. Mind blown. If you are in need of a DJ at all or someone in your family is getting married, would like to be able to talk to me, I would love to be able to talk to them. It's bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails from people all the time. Here's one. Dear Dan, I hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee. Free? Really? Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of a free offer? Signed, Skeptical. Hi, Skeptical. I remember 22 years ago when we started PC Laptops and our lifetime service guarantee, people thought it was too good to be true. Well, you know, after a decade, people started believing me a little bit. But you know, it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you. Our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer for $7.99 with a lifetime warranty. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, Skeptical. Which I just did, and then we'll say something like, because I have commercials within uh, the show that I do. Yeah, yeah. I, One yeah, of the things yeah, that distinguishes yeah, it yeah. from a show to a podcast. And then I come back and I'll say something like, all right, uh, let's do some articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And Peter, who was on Peter Breinholt, who was on the first yeah. episode or sixth episode of the Cultural Hall, he has a little riff that he plays. And then we start into the actual articles of news. Yeah, or just, yeah, or this week. In Mormons, that's that's what's going on the week on. I do have to ask when you started articles of news. Mm-hmm. Well, how were you surveying the landscape at the time? I'm not necessarily looking to have an ego stroked or anything like that. But were you, did you notice that like basically Twim was the only show doing the, a news focused show at the time? Did you say, oh, one person is doing? it? Were you even aware that our show existed? No. Or were you just like you were just doing your own thing? Yeah, just doing just doing there the own go. thing, and then found out that you guys were doing it, and then was like, well, well, I'm not sure. How long have they been doing it for? Because when, so interesting story. I'll go quick. When I first looked to start the cultural hall, I would have actually been first because uh, I looked at it two years before we actually started. But I okay, wanted to I've call heard... I wanted to call it the cultural hall. Didn't have the domain available. And you know who did? He who shall not be named, the Voldemort of Mormonism. Uh, he Don't owned win. the domain. John Dolan owned the domain. Yeah, so he wouldn't sell it to me. I waited, I waited, I waited. I kept bothering him, and then two years later, he sold it, and then we started doing the show. Do you want to hear a John Dolan story on my end? Yes. Assuming you really are talking of about course. John Dolan. Well, you're not supposed to say his name. Um, I don't you, know you what may... happens in Harry Potter when you say Voldemort's okay. name. I just know it's you're not supposed to say it. Yeah. Uh, it's really bad. It's like in the movie Beetlejuice. Oh. Just, you know, it just shows up. Um so it's funny you mentioned you you mentioned um, that that you know you had this idea you had this idea years ago but you couldn't act on it right? right sometime after we had started the show I I got an email from a certain person that basically said I should dig it up it's it's like I've had this idea for years to do something like this and I wanted to call it 
you know, this week in Mormonism. And I probably, I can show you the emails. I've had this for years. I've had this idea and I've wanted to do it for years. Uh, I just wanted to run it by you because that's like really close to your name. And I want to know what you think about it. I've never heard your show before. Anyway, I, it was, it came off to us as like incredibly condescending. Uh-huh. And, um, and the main part was we were just, I think we wrote back. I think I was like, well, whatever, I'm just going to ignore this. Al at the time was like, just sent him a note. It was just like, yeah, I'll, he's like, yeah, I'll sue you. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> so, and uh, because it was just, it was just very condescending. So we were like, that's, that's good. You had the idea, mm-hmm. but you did not act upon said idea. And that's right. not to knock everyone. Like you had an idea and you just had, you, you know, I get it when you want a domain and you can't get the domain. So that's yeah. fun. But uh, yeah, we, we acted on the idea and I was like, I'm not going to like, just like give up my show or let you get on my turf just because you thought of something years ago. I've thought of a lot. I've thought of things for 20 years. I've never acted upon. It doesn't mean right. I'm, I have the right to them, people. I, I, and I want you to know that the church is still a completely safe space, even if you uh, have those feelings, just so long as you don't <laughs> act on them, Jeff. Uh, I, All right. Is that not what you... All right. I, I got confused yeah. as to what yeah. you were... <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it was. That's uh, what we're talking about. <laughs> the top story of the week I knew would be you. And by that, I mean... Washington, D.C. Temple. So I will give you the coveted spot of first news story out of the game. Is this the thing when you do it? Do you actually like make sure you do the show, the, the first story because no. you're like the, the prince or something? No, do no, no. I don't need to do the first one. But the one that uh, is going to resound the most with either myself or whoever hosts with me, I always will let take the first one. Oh, look, you're so kind. Um, I didn't organize the order of these. I was I don't know. I'm, this, I don't know if this is even my top story. But here we go, everybody. Just because I live in D.C., the church finally announced. Open house and dedication dates for the Washington D.C. Temple, Temple, which they did last year as well. Uh, I think they did it right before COVID started hitting the fan. Uh, it was around March or something like that. I think I can even find it right here. It was supposed to be rededicated back in. Yeah, no, it was February. Yeah. So literally about two and a half weeks until everything went south. The church had announced the D.C. Temple would return from its lengthy multi-year refurbishment, uh, which was going to be about it was going to be two years and change or so. Um then COVID happened. They didn't say much about it for a while. Then they finally said, yeah, we're postponing the whole open house and dedication of the temple. They didn't say until when. So it, it, it was great last week to learn that they have decided to finally do the thing. What's interesting, of course, is how far out it still is. At the time we wrote this last week, we were like 48 weeks away until it would be rededicated. They're, they're going to have the open house in late April of 2022 sure. until early June 2022 and then dedicated on June 19th of 2022 and that that's different from how it's been out here because i've talked to many of the people involved in the public affairs and the planning for the temple uh and they've been told to kind of be at the ready they were told potentially they'd even just just pull the trigger real quick and do an open house and dedicate it this summer because it's Mm -hmm. been done for a year it's been sitting there uh but i've said this before on on this week in mormons i think the pr slash missionary opportunity is just too great for a a, just a not no no temples like better than another temple but the dc temple is a famous landmark in the region regardless of your knowledge of the church everyone knows it it was the first temple basically east of the rockies that was still in the u.s i mean i think we put in the our, our article about it on this week in mormons if it weren't for the two temples in europe at the time the next closest temple once you left Utah eastward would have been like New Zealand. I mean, wow. it was the only temple in the eastern U.S. by any stretch of the imagination. And so it's, you know, it's a famous building and it hasn't been open to the public since 1974 when it was first dedicated. So we're very excited. They'll have this open house. There's a VIP section. It's a lot. It's unlike many other temple open houses. There'll be two weeks where it's just dignitaries and all kinds of important people. The church wants to capitalize on this. It's kind of a bummer for us that we can't just get in there and like have our temple open again. But 
I totally, I get it. Like sure. you want to make a splash, you want to get in the news, and that apparently outweighs the benefits of allowing us to get back in there and just start like doing work for our kindred dead, and just we can just go to Philadelphia or Raleigh for the time being. Yeah, there are other uh, places is... there. Now, are you going to be? Are you guys in the uh, wards and stakes there tapped already to be like, hey, plan to host people, plan to point people towards parking places? Like I would imagine for the membership of the church out there, it's also going to be an ordeal. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll. We haven't had anything official come down yet, but that'll be happening. I, we're in the Temple District, uh, which is getting smaller uh, as we all the time because the sure. Richmond Temple is going. The Richmond Temple will probably be dedicated only six months after this. By the time this happens, Richmond's going to pull people away. The Pittsburgh Temple District is going to pull people away. The Philadelphia Dis- Temple already pulled away like a third of DC's districts. But uh, we're just up here in Northern Virginia. We'll be part of it, I'm sure. They'll want us to volunteer, do stuff. I don't know what that'll be. Cookies? Uh, do you guys do nice cookies? Th- do cookies at the temples in the East Coast? I don't know what that means. So when you when you do we temples, have in, we put we put booties on our sure feet. sure. They don't give when, us cookies and tell us to walk through the temple eating cookies. No no no. But here in Utah, That's when you get out of the temple, they give you a uh, a foam cup of swig and a cookie when you get out of the temple. No, not really on the swig, but I swear to you, they give they it's a big room full of cookies. No, here they just baptize you. Ah, they just take it take care of it. Okay. It's a little bit easy. They've got makeshift fonts set up right outside. I don't think that's doctrine, but and it's, and it's really easy at the DC Temple because the baptistry has its own complete entrance on the on the level below. You could be very simple to route people down there and just take care of stuff. Uh, I'm assuming the dedication is so still so far away, just because of uber caution around COVID. Like they don't want to announce they're going to do it this fall again, sure. and I don't know if Delta variant fears or what have you. But that's my assumption. I told you my assumption, but that's my assumption. Did they add a, a baptistry in uh, the DC Temple like they did in Salt Lake with the refurbishment? No, no. The, no. The, at Salt Lake, it was a novel. It was a real novelty at first when they announced two two baptistries in the Salt Lake Temple. And then if you saw the plans for the Syracuse, Utah Temple, that one also has two baptistries in its design, which makes me wonder if you know mega markets like Utah might, sure. might become the norm somewhere like Utah. But as far as we know, they haven't done anything crazy like that crazy but anything yeah. anything notable like that uh in the washington dc temple and they haven't really reconfigured anything in it as far as we know i guess the two years of it was just redoing i don't know electrical and hmm. hvac and I'll, i don't know what else but they've even the renderings they've released don't look wildly different on the inside from what we're all accustomed to already so hmm. fun we'll fun that. fact uh just throwing it in here do you know the tabernacle on uh, temple square there's a baptistry yeah. in the bottom of that did you know that yeah i knew that wilford woodruff was baptized there well, course, no, he was baptized before then. Someone was baptized there, but I've yes, we've heard about that. Oh, okay, I, know, I didn't know. I, know, I love I know little few facts. things. I love little facts like that. I, that I actually like that. I just said Wilford Woodruff was baptized there. You know, the guy who like oversaw the construction of the tabernacle <laughs> as a church leader. He was also baptized there. He he, like, you know, he, he he wasn't sure. He wanted to make sure once the building that he would commit. Uh, another interesting story. This one coming out of BYU. Uh, a non Latter Day Saint coach. Uh, has been hired to head coach the women's cross-country team. Uh, Her name is Diljit Taylor, and it's interesting. She is a Sikh, grew up in the Sikh religion, uh, which uh, is is significant, I think, in and of itself. But people are probably waiting to hear what's her conversion story as she made her way to the the faith. And we do that. We sort of assume that. But she's not. She has not converted. Uh, She is a head coach at BYU who is not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Stop Um, it. 
Stop it. Swears he can't be. In the past, head coaches throughout BYU athletics have often been members of the church. It's been a practice, but not a policy. And uh, and this is just an opportunity where uh, they they found someone, the best person for the job, offered it, extended it, said, yeah, you bet. Now, I'll tell you what, uh, some of the things, I work at BYU, day job, uh, some of the things that I see at BYU, like it's not your, it's not your uh, dad's BYU even, Jeff. Like I sat in a thing the My other- My dad didn't even go to college, so that's outstanding. I'm thrilled. I, I sat in a meeting on BYU's campus the other day with several people where we had, uh, it was four different people, an individual who was bisexual, an, inv- an individual who was uh, gay, a lesbian, and a transgender person on a panel, and it was part of our work day. It was a, an open discussion where we all just sort of sat. We were able to ask questions, how we could be able to to support what it means for them with church standing and, and all of these things. And and for a moment, I was like, is this really happening? Not like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Someone tell the brethren, like, is this really happening? What an inclusive uh, sort of situation this is. I know that, you know, that um, non-members of the church and LGBTQ plus IA are different, certainly, but the inclusive nature of what I'm seeing on BYU's campus it is is blowing out of the water those old expectations at BYU. Which is awesome. Yes. I mean, that's everything we want. I think it's, what I love about this story is in some ways it's like, it's great that it's a story, but it's also, I think, a semi-like indictment of how we are as a people sometimes that it is a story and that it has to be a story, if that makes sense, right? Like, I'm not, I've never, I'm not, I'm not dissing how important it is that this is happening in the mm-hmm. first place, but it's like, we shouldn't even care or that this should be a problem, but it's, it's great. I'm glad we're embracing pluralism for the first time ever at the coaching level at BYU. That's, that's terrific. Um, uh, and now to, to be clear and people may be yelling in their headphones. I'm not sure that it's the first time ever, probably but, not. but, but it is definitely for of note. Are you going to do it? Just, I'll do, I'll I'm join singing, you. I'll join you if frozen. we're doing it. All right. Only if I get to sing the parts of Anna and you can be <laughs> Prince Humperdinck. Oh, I'm tired of being Humperdinck. So, uh, speaking of BYU, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this story with one saying I still barely understand it, and two, it comes from Slate, so they barely understand it. Um, this is a bizarre little story. This is the, the headline reads: "Is the Brigham Young University Virginity Club for real?" An investigation. Apparently, there's a BYU Virginity Club, which I'm assuming Richie's a member of. Yep. Well, and, yes. Um, and it's. That's that's one thing, but they find that like it's associated with the National Virginity Council. There are other virginity clubs. Is it satirical or not? There have been many questions surrounding this club. It appears to be legit, and they even hunted down the uh, using their their you know journalistic know how. They hunted down the one who runs the Instagram feed for the uh, the BYU Virginity Club, and this individual who apparently spoke to them with a voice altering device. Really? Because it's like. It's like that level, man. This is like some straight up to catch a predator kind of stuff. That, I mean, I'm sure they filmed it too, and he was just a shadow with a fedora yeah. on and all <laughs> that, and that whole thing because he didn't want to be identified. But he says it's real. Then it's just it's just a club to promote abstinence. There's a whole Instagram feed that's just like talking about. It's kind of it's like hilarious, like an official, and they're partnering with someone named Lay Sunny Ragun. I don't know what that means. Sixteen thousand plus followers. Uh, right. already crossed 27,000. The merchandise is what I'm all about. I don't know if you got to see some of the cool things that there's, they have. 
Yeah, that's pretty. End the virginity stigma. I want that shirt. Say no to Satan's cocktail. That's the one I'm after. Satan's cocktail, though, by the way, for people who don't know what Satan's cocktail is, it's of sex and drugs. And there's a picture of the temple on the front. And it's like, it's like, uh, oh, what the, a bill. I'm just a bill, just a capital bill. What is that? Why can't I think of what that's called? The old schoolhouse Uh, rock. It looks like it's drawn (laughs) like schoolhouse rock characters. Say no to Satan's cocktail. Now, now, one thing I don't want to be—I uh, don't want to be too crass here. There are some posts that made them question, like whether it was legit. There is, there is one. We're going to be a little adult here for a okay. second. It talks about whether there's a loophole for essentially other forms of non-traditional uh, relations, and if that still makes you count as a virgin, like holding hands. Yep, that's what I was thinking of. Just holding hands—that's the euphemism of the day right now. So, yeah, uh, I just. They say they say it's like the old adage: be moral, hold hands. Yeah, I mean that's there's another there there's there's another prominent form of that. That's an, I don't. This podcast is actually what told me about the other one. That's uh, I won't say what it is, but if you remember uh, some water guns that were very popular in the '90s that you <laughs> that you pumped and shot these super. Stop it. <laughs> that. So uh, anyway, this is like a, a club. Repeat after me. Just because you're a virgin doesn't mean you're a loser. What to do if someone wants to take your V card? Well, that's generally considered sexual assault. So I think there's some bigger things you need to worry about. Anyway, this is a thing, I guess. And it's kind of real. Slate. The thing is, Slate never got to a definitive answer. You read right. the whole article and they can never exactly say whether it's it's satire or not or what the deal is with it. That part of it, of course, uh, disappoints me. But um, what I haven't seen and what they really need is the modest is hottest T-shirt. I know that's a common phrase that's being said, but I haven't seen that put on a really good T-shirt yet. But all the merchandise, as the article points out, is sold out. So if it is a gimmick, if it is satire, if it is whatever, props to the guy who came up with the thing and sold a bunch of T-shirts and just made, you know, his college tuition for the for the rest of his time while he's there. <laughs> Have you heard about true LDS? Have you heard about this? I, I'm afraid I'm going to. What is so, this? So Tell me more. Now, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's go to, uh, how long you've been married for? Uh, almost nine years. Nine years. So yeah. when you were on the scene, there wasn't like a, a Tinder, right? Or Yeah, we there? got, and, and I've, no, part of me is, I don't say like I lament this, but my wife and I are fascinated by the Tinders, the mutuals, those, those sorts of things. Uh, I've hung out with like siblings and other relatives who have used those and find it to be wildly entertaining. But I, yeah. We, but when we, you were dating, it wasn't around, correct? Nope. No, yeah, right, yeah, not yeah. a okay. thing at all. So I want to dial it back even further. And do you remember the old LDS uh, dating site when like dating sites first came out? Hot Saints? I vaguely remember Hot Saints. I was more of an LDS link up guy yeah. myself. <laughs> that was the jam. It yeah. was like Facebook. Just, it was more like a Facebook for Mormons where people still got together and had relations. It was terrific. I once upon a time did radio commercials for LDS Planet. Go to LDSplanet.com. I remember that. When one. I was single I and, and trying to get people there. Well, what it is, is uh, true LDS. It began, as I'm learning about this, six years ago. But what the issue is, is it's essentially. Hey, we're not like all the other dating sites. We follow the tenets of our religion because shots fired. Yeah, having you not uh, have experienced this, and I can tell this, I was on Tinder for a week when I got divorced and was dating. People are like, Uh you should try Tinder. And what a train wreck of a dumpster fire on top of 2020, on top of like it was, it was the absolute worst thing. But people will. 
especially for for members of the church, they'll say things like this, Jeff. How Mormon are you? And what they're asking is, you know, are you going to hook up? Are you going to sleep with the person? Anything like that. And so True LDS, uh, everyone that's involved with True LDS is a faithful Latter-day Saint, according to their website. Um, How do they... uh, I'm curious how you measure that, though. Like you can say that, like I said, how Mormon are you? Like, how do you measure if someone is or is not a faithful Latter-day Saint? What's the what's the barometer there? I mean, as a joke, I've always wondered, like, do you put in the numbers of your temple recommend and they cross check them as a joke? I've said that. But I mean, I guess. Oh, that would be just as good as a vaccine passport. I love (laughs) these ideas. Uh, Great. they, They also say that they're the only. Only major LDS dating site independently owned, managed by fellow Latter-day Saints. We therefore have a unique feel for our fellow single brothers and sisters as we at True LDS are or were in the same position. So it's another option. And those those, so, those dating sites are a disaster, so I'm all for more options for folks. That is an interesting little caveat, though, because it is true a lot of the Latter-day Saint-focused dating sites are owned by not necessarily corporate conglomerates, but they're one religious corner of a broader portfolio of sites. So there's there's the exact same one for Judaism, whether sure. Orthodox or Reform. Like, and, and we easily think that there's just a special thing that was created for members of our faith, but it's really just smart people who are just splitting up their markets and know what they're doing. Um, can we trust true LDS when they are failing to heed the prophet's admonition to drop LDS and Mormon from everything oh, they're doing? Oh, good, good point, uh, Twim. It should that's be true Latter Day, true Latter Day Saint. Don't trust people with the word Mormon in their yeah, in the no, that's of their true. Product, everybody, whatever they're saying. Um, it's interesting though. Like, I, is it bad that there's a part of me when I see things like this? I, I like, like with mutual. It's like part of me wants to set up a dummy account just to like see how ridiculous the whole thing is. Like sit there with my wife and mess around with it. But I think there's better ways to spend my time, yeah, right? Y- I could. Yes, that's got disaster written all over it. I could watch The Chosen instead. Yes. You know, I could watch The Chosen, which I've seen one episode of. You need I'm to see more episodes of it. That's what they tell me. I'll, I'll but, tell you uh, what. That Chosen is not only beautifully cinematically done, but they know exactly what they're is. doing. When I got stuck in Texas during the Snowmageddon of 2021, earlier this year, there were a bunch of people that were there who had been filming in as extras in Chosen. And what they did is they charged people, people paid money to be on the set as an extra for the second season of Chosen. Oh, my goodness. Let's hope these people never get a multi-camera sitcom. They're going to charge people to be in the audience. I mean, that's just... They paid like $400 to be there on a day. I'm not joking. And they got like a t-shirt you. and they got to meet the actor who played Jesus and they got to meet uh Dallas, that's his name, right? Dallas the director and and they got oh, to Dallas experience as a yeah, Dallas Jenkins I think is his name. The whole experience. But I I as I sat and listened to this lady who felt like she had gotten away with the greatest heist ever that it was only $400, I was like good for you chosen. That is awesome cuz it is a great product. But they have no overhead. People, they're paying to be in their movies. What? I don't... Their their whole model there fascinates me because it's it's crowdsourced and they're doing more of that, even paying people to be in the show. It's interesting to me because I feel like The Chosen... The Atlantic ran an article on it a few weeks ago. I mean, it's it's a popular program, not just with members of our faith. It has a viewership. I'm curious at which point, why are they not trying to... Are they, why are they trying to stay independent and keep crowdsourcing when they could probably just obtain funding in a totally normal way from the, from the studio system? Unless it's just they just really, really, really want to stay away from the studio system, which I can understand. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's it's one thing to crowdsource something to get it off the ground. But when it's a proven product, I find it interesting that that's still 
part of the business model. Like I'd, I'd assume at some point you just move away from that and become funded from typical investors, whatever they may be. But you know, the people in, are the investors. Interesting that you uh, bring that up. Uh, episode 398 of the Cultural Hall, I actually interviewed the director of it and why he does it. Uh, it was self-promoting and it felt dirty. I won't do that again. Uh, but he actually said the reason why he wants to do that is because he not only was it a way that they could get it off the ground, but he loves that you're able to pay for someone else to be able to see it. So it's like paying it forward, gifting the experience of, of watching Christ's life to other people rather than a consumerism. You buy in and take it for yourself. And, I, you know, props, it's working. Yeah, I mean, everyone should have to put up money to be able to feel the spirit about Jesus. I think that makes sense. <laughs> I don't think that's I what he meant. That. Uh, th this article, Richie, I'm, I'm fully admitting up front on this next one. I don't understand all the ins and outs, so I'm just going to go with the headline. The, the church, our church, and Utah State University got tied up in an alleged Ponzi scheme and must now pay back millions. I believe up front the church's only involvement in this per se is that a Ponzi scheme wound up being involved in or an alleged Ponzi scheme. I should be careful there. Uh, what it wound up, the money from that wound up going to the church. So the church is essentially having to like pay that back because it's dirty money that they don't want to be involved in. So I don't know if the church itself was Ponzi'd per se, Yeah. but um, there was a Ponzi scheme run up by a, uh, a fun and where's his name? Galen Rust, bunch of donations oh. from Utah state university. Yeah. You apparently you know who that person is. Well, it's a it's a huge but. thing. I don't want to be promoting, but we did a whole episode about this with the guy. Oh, who, did you? Yeah, the guy oh, who. Really? I'm sorry, I really don't want to. But it he did a, an entire hour about why church members are get caught up in affinity fraud, and this was his his case, this Ooh. Rust case. He talked all about why uh, people find themselves in it and what what exactly a Ponzi scheme is a, is compared to something else that's narrowly adjacent to it and i can't remember what that thing is called but i didn't realize that yeah. the millions had gone through the the coffers of the church and then been donated that way yeah well it's funny you mentioned that like when we've had author uh, soraya wilson on the show to do news here and there she talked about how one time she was hooked up with an fbi agent to do research for one of her romance novels and and this guy transferred to utah thinking it would be like no big deal and found out it's like one of the worst markets to be in as an fbi agent because of affinity fraud primarily yeah. like we're, we just we just to screw one another over all the time because yep. we trust each other based off nothing more than the fact that we walk into the same foyer right every week right so um anyways the long and short of it is i'll spare you the details of the ponzi scheme you can read that at the salt lake tribune if you are a paying subscriber i know right um, isn't can we stop for a second isn't that that's the most annoying thing i love the trib i even love peggy fletcher stack however should she's an adorable little woman it's, however it's what a pain when I see the headline and I think, I'm just going to read this real quick. And then it's behind the paywall. And I know everyone will say, yes, of course, just pay the money. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. But how many of us actually go, yeah, I'm going to pay for that and do it. And how many of us just go, yeah, I guess I, I'll try and find that information somewhere else, which most of the time it isn't. Or then we just let it go by and then we don't find ourselves informed. All right, there, there's one. I'm not going to call this a hack or anything, folks, but a lot of the time if you get links to the Salt Lake Tribune and if you're using Chrome, just open the link in an incognito window. It won't let you it. do that anymore. It's, I'm doing it right now. No! I'm doing it right now, but as we speak, but I also run my own DNS server through a Raspberry Pi that block, that stops ads from serving up. So maybe I'm just working. I don't know. But yeah. uh, anyway, the point is there was there was some some frauding, some ponzing, and some donations to the church from said frauding. And the church is like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, 
so go read it. I don't want to get into the details of this, even though it's an interesting story. And whoever did it put in plenty of work. Courtney Tanner. It's a it's a it's borderline long form. I'd say this is at least yeah, this is at least twelve hundred words probably. Um, anyway, it's a mess though. Zion's bank has had to pay back money from this guy. The church is trying to pay back money. Goodness gracious. Well, and you know the church but, uh, wants nothing to do with it, right? They're like, yes, please take that money. We don't need to be. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to touch that. A uh, couple of sad stories. I'll take the first one. Uh, the mission president for the Bolivia Cochabamba mission, uh, he passed away, died at the age of 60 to complications with COVID. Uh, he'd been serving as a mission president there in Cochabamba, Bolivia, since uh, 2020. Originally, he's from Argentina. Jose Maria Batalla, or Batalla, depending on... I'm truly enjoying your Spanish. This Thank is you. very good. Uh, well, yeah. I like to make a lot of emphasis on the ways I mispronounce a uh, name. You're, you're as good as President Uchtdorf was back when he used to do it, to reading in, in church offices. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, it was like a months-long com- uh, complication with COVID-19. Pretty young guy, age of 60, but... Um, yeah. Quote from the church, we express our love and condolences to the Bataya family, along with the missionaries he led in the Bolivia Cochabamba mission. We pray that all will feel the Savior's love as they honor and remember this faithful leader and his devotion to the church. Yeah, sad stuff. Do you know what the word Bataya translates to? No. Battle. Ooh. So his name is Joseph Mary Battle. That I, I've always gotten a kick out of translating, um, you know, um, Latin names into English because sometimes they're interesting when but, you think about but it. But people don't do that, like from other countries, like, right? Do we think? Do they think that, or do they think, oh, his name is Jose I mean, Maria? Everyone Maria. having Maria somewhere in their name is very common in, in Catholic Latin America, but uh, and of course Jose is also very common. Bataya, though, yeah, there you go. Okay, it's like Antonio Banderas's name literally means Anthony Flags. He should go by that instead. I, yes. That's, that's what I think Tony of Flag- when I that's what I think of when I see him. Tony Flag. When I watch the Mask of Zora, I'm like, there's Tony Flags again, everybody, making it happen. Uh, I don't know why I'm being glib because uh, we also had two missionaries passed away this week in a terrible collision in New Mexico. Elder Tyson Gene Haycock and Elder Michael Austin Davis. And a third missionary uh, is in is hospitalized in some uh, difficult condition. Both of them, they were both uh, 20 years old. One was from Corinne, Utah. I don't, I'm afraid I don't know where Corinne, Utah is. Center, I think. Hand. Is it? Just somewhere like somewhere like San P Valley kind of center? I'll, I'll find it. Give me a second. Somewhere like that. Um, and then uh, Elder Haycock was from Miles City, Montana. They both passed away as a result of injury sustained in a pretty bad accident, it seems. Elder Britton Jeremy Barrett, 18 of Roberts, Idaho, was driving a Toyota Tacoma, and he sustained serious injuries, but he is in stable condition in a hospital in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The accident occurred on July 22nd. Uh, I think they might have been on Native American land. It says they were on Indian Service Route 125. And I don't know if that is why the FBI is involved. Some have wondered why the FBI has been investigating as opposed right. to state police. And it might have been because it was on on a reservation and that just that supersedes state authority. So the driver of the other vehicle was seriously injured and taken to the hospital. So hearts go out to the uh, families of these two missionaries you can't imagine what it's like one of them was going to come home in a matter of weeks Ugh. too which is just uh... a, a quick clarification corinne is in northern utah uh almost to the idaho border box elder county that's where it is uh, oh, it's up there by it's up there by the other place yeah 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 up by uh you know and then you get on 84 and you go to pocatello ish yeah yeah, yeah i know you're somewhere about. around there um this you know gregory prince of course 
We already covered this one on This Week in Mormons weeks ago, Richie. Uh, well, you know, you, you I haven't ahead. done news for a while, so I just want to throw this out because I think that this is cool and is. I, I, I think that it's particularly unique. This is the uh, Mormon collection that was donated to the University, uh, is it UVA University of Virginia? Yeah. Okay. Over I just want to make sure. In Charlottesville, yeah. You'll forgive me. I don't know all my uh, acronyms. That's where Bronco Mendenhall went. Uh, I'm sorry. When he left BYU, he died in my mind. He made his choice. You're talking to someone who doesn't care at all about BYU football, so I can can face reality about this, Richie. Uh, He donated a bunch of stuff. Now, here's what's cool. We think of different uh, different universities, different uh, places uh, throughout the country that we would think, oh, naturally, that will be the place that you would have a Mormon studies chair. Well, now the University of Virginia, with because of all these just, as I can tell, Gregory Prince was just like, guys, I got a lot of stuff and I'm tired of moving it. And I'm thinking about downgrading to a different place and I just don't want to have this stuff with me anymore. Who wants Classic it? empty nester problem. You, you know what I'm saying? He's just like, guys, this is just starting to get too much. People will benefit from this. And it's all sorts of cool things. Uh, there's a chair that's been established now at the University of Virginia. And apparently uh, it is the, the place uh, east of the Rockies, as I understand it, to study uh, Mormon studies in the country now. So pretty unique, pretty awesome. Fun. Yeah, before before I read the article um, and learned it was Greg, Greg Prince. Mate, Greg Prince lives in the D.C. area as well, so it got uh, the UVA is close enough for that. Because I would have thought it would have been somewhere like Claremont Colleges, for example, which right. where you can get a you can get a Ph.D. in Mormon studies there. Um, but yeah, so good good for UVA. And if you don't know Greg Prince, he wrote David O. McKay and the Rise of Modern Mormonism, which is essentially a must read book for anyone who cares about anything involving both mid 20th century church history and how it affects us today. Oh, now I have to read it. If it's a must read and it involves that and I haven't. Oh, it's an absolute must. So president McKay was a meticulous journaler and his secretary kept all these things. Basically she kept notes of everything. And so he got to pour into so much detail, very can and very candid detail about that period in church history when they wrestled with a lot of interesting issues at the time. I mean, like, like lifting the priesthood ban, Obviously, this wasn't something they just did as a knee-jerk thing sure. in 1978. But, I mean, President McKay was, like, weighing this as far back as the 50s, and it talks about some of the—that's just one portion of it. But it's a fascinating book, and you see, like, how all the trouble Elder Benson would get into and Elder Lee would get into and all kinds of fun stuff. It's—those things don't hurt my faith. They make me happy to see the prophets are humans and, you know, do things. Is like it on Audible? I'll listen to it. Is it there? It might be, but I've, I've never checked. I don't know. Okay. All right. To be perfectly honest. So, uh— Apparently, they made, like, a President Ballard Day in Utah. You gave me this one, Rich, which might be better for you because you're in Utah. But I was like, all right. So so we got Pioneer Day on the, 20, the 24th. Happy Pioneer Day, everyone. Mm-hmm. But on the 22nd, President M. Russell Ballard, 24 years ago, on July, July 22nd, 1997, stood near the This is the Place monument at the mouth of Emigration Canyon and addressed the media. The event was a wrap-up session for a wagon train reenactment that marked the sesquicentennial, of course, of the pioneers entering the Salt Lake Valley. And I think that's when they wrote the, the, the great song, Faith in Every Footstep. With awesome faith hymn. in every footstep. I thought for sure we were going to do that. So, on, so 24 years later, Spencer Cox has declared July 23rd, President M. Russell Ballard Day. So, so what I don't understand cool. about this story. I, all right. <laughs> why, if he did it on the 22nd, 22 years ago, why then is the 23rd ah. the day? 
That is because Spencer Cox, as we all know, as we all know, is a rhino and he is being <laughs> controlled by the woke establishment. That's sure. everything that's happening. And so they have to do it a day later because you just you just have to. So I mean, this is cool. It's it's great. I don't know if I'm trying to think of the last time uh, a, a current contemporary leader had any kind of a a day named for him or her. You, you know, it's not hard to get a day named, right? I did not know that. I've yeah. never had the humor to try. Yeah, so no, it it it's uh, it is not hard to get a day named if you follow like your local representation, and then just say, "Hey, we want to get a day named for this thing." You can absolutely get a day. But named. I want it for me. I don't want it like for some random event. Yeah, want, no, no. I, that's I, what I'm saying. I need like, to be noteworthy enough to get there, though. And sure, I don't do sure. much other than support my local Chick-fil-A. I yeah. mean, what else do I have? I mean, you got to be inventive because I don't think you don't. I don't think you don't have the foundation for it. But we need a spin. If you can spin it, it really isn't that hard. You just get someone that writes it. Then people have to ratify it, and then they read it and they do a bunch of whereas statements. Whereas, Joff. Yes. Well, I'm I'm hopeful that though Utah will follow through on this every year, and they'll turn Pioneer Day into a whole like multi-day thing. You'll, you got you get the day off for President M. Russell Ballard Day, then you get the day off for Pioneer Day. You should just keep having days off in Utah. I mean, it'd be well, fine. well, and then just to add this because this is something that a lot of people talked about here. They so the 24th of July was a Saturday this year. So for all intents and purposes, the parade should have been on the Saturday. The yeah. the big rodeo should have been on the Saturday. The big race, the marathon and half marathon, Deseret News, all those things should have taken place on the Saturday because we only change those things when they land on a Sunday. They did them on the Friday, and half the people didn't even go to the thing because they're like, it's going to clearly be on the holiday. Nope. I've always had a chip on my shoulder about Pioneer Day, primarily because it's the state holiday in Utah. Mm -hmm. Things closed down. And when I worked for Deseret Book uh, during when I was in college in California, we didn't pioneer day was like no special day for us sure. and i like genuinely resented that like our colleagues elsewhere would get it they'd close they'd like close it the- they don't think the stores were even open it was like they close up shop and everything i'm like why can't we close it's pioneer day sherry dew was always forcing us to try to like i kid you not and sherry Dew's a savvy person but some of the things they have you do at deseret book at least this you know 15 odd years ago was a lot of promotions that were very Utah-centric. Like, it would be win tickets to see the Bees. And I'd be like, dude, Angel Stadium's, like, right there <laughs> down the road. And I, they're their AAA affiliate. Like, can't you just get us Angel's tickets? Because that's what matters for our market. Or or you'd have to put end caps on to try to get Zion's bank accounts, of which there are zero branches in California. <laughs> All kinds of things like that. And, we, like, we usually ignore them, but then Salt Lake started cracking down. So when Pioneer Day came up and, like, all the Utah stores would be closed for the day, but the rest of us would just be open as usual, I'd be like, well, come on, people. You can't have it both ways. Come on, Sherry. Well, here, Come on, you know, though, to, to be fair, Jeff. There's no fair here. This is just unfair. You there in Virginia celebrate Yorktown Victory Day. And you know what we don't do here in Utah? We don't celebrate the second. Hang on. What is it? Yeah, the, we don't get the day off. The second Monday in October. That's, that's we don't get that. Off. Not that's like Virginia for, does. Hey, remember Yorktown? Off. Woo! It's never a day off, though. I am spoiled because working on or around the federal government we like i think take for granted the fact that we always get like columbus day and veterans day off and everything shuts down and plenty of the country is doing normal things i'm like oh no that's a day off work for me for sure that's, well that then rest happens. assured because you don't think that you count on that special holiday of yorktown victory day you do get that day off for your federal job it I, also I coincides, literally do not it coincides with columbus day it's the same day so when we abolish we columbus we st- day 
you will call it Yorktown Victory Day, and you will continue to get that day off. Well, there's there's my angle, man. I'm going to run for the Virginia Assembly, and I'll be like, here's the deal. We know the tide is turning on Columbus, but we've got to replace it with something, everybody. We've all seen Hamilton, right? Yes. Come on. Yes. And then you can, in your sweet way that the Utah legislature did, try and repeat the uh, the opening song from Hamilton with all of the people in the legislature. I'm not sure if you saw that story years oh, ago. Where it was the worst singing of a song. Just terrible. Let's move. Let's move to St. George, <laughs> shall we? I think uh, I if we remember that. If we become best friends, I think St. George, Southern Utah would be where we would probably become best friends. You're aware it's still in Utah, though, right? Sure, 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 sure. Because you're going to have okay, to like move. You sacrifice, I sacrifice. Jurisdictionally, it's still... Let's just go to Mesquite, though. Let's just go down the gorge and go to Mesquite. I have, I have a problem, uh, a gambling problem. I love bingo in Mesquite. This is not a joke, so I actually could not live there. <laughs> okay, we'll live in... Um, what's that one little city near K- Kaylorsville? You know when you cross into Arizona for a second before the gorge in this yeah. random town? Yes. Yeah, we'll live right there. Okay, done, done. Uh, the part I, of Arizona that's le- legit been trying to secede from Arizona for the past 20 years because they're like, if we have a fire, there's no way for anybody to get here because Utah and Nevada don't care about us. Anyways, I get off on irredontism. We don't have to talk about that. though. What I was really trying to do was shoehorn in this next story, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, St. Yeah. George, man. Oh, you wanted to do a segue. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> yep. Uh, St. George, man was arrested after allegedly disrupting a church service this past Sunday. You know, he's, he just wanted to come to church and and worship with the fellow saints it says visitors welcome on the sign out front uh here was the catch he's nude he's there in his I, I, in his birthday suit i struggle to see the problem here uh he the saint george news reported that the incident happened around 10 a.m uh when several phone calls and i wish do you think that we could get the uh is it grandma is that is that what we would call the uh, the rights to be able to hear those nine one one calls, where we hear the the nine one one calls of all the people in the chapel there in St George. Yeah, there's a guy who's naked here. He's uh, he forgot to wear his clothes today, and and not even those clothes either. He's naked here in the church. I just I can't imagine. I'm just sitting there in your in your chapel, and just a naked man walks in. Yeah. Just and, straight up. And does like, he, and, and the questions, I have so many questions around this, and this article unfortunately doesn't give us all the details, uh, but does he just proudly sort of saunter in and sit at the bench? I'm hoping there was a strut right? of some sort. Yeah. Does, he go, does he go to the front? Is he that, <laughs> you know, is he the front guy, the front row dweller? He goes up to, he goes up to Barrett's testimony. Yeah. Does he stay <laughs> at the back row like other people who come in late? Is that, you know, what he does? Uh, his name is Jeremy David Miller. He drove his Jeep onto the lawn. This may give us some indication of it. Drove his Jeep onto the lawn, <laughs> got out of his vehicle, only wearing his underwear, stripped off his underwear, then began removing I- uh, items from his trunk, scattered them all over the chapel, and then went inside. Best part is Miller, that is Jeremy David Miller, the nude 40-year-old yeah. in the chapel, uh, is now serving time uh, for a misdemeanor of lewdness and a third-degree felony of lewdness involving a child, because there were obviously children there, yeah, in the sure. Purgatory Correctional Facility. That's the name <laughs> That's the name of the uh, correctional facility down there in southern Utah. Uh, well, Richie, I guess not all heroes wear capes or no. anything. Yeah. For in fact, most of my yeah. heroes wear nothing. And speaking of wearing nothing, have you ever wanted to be in the Tabernacle Choir? <laughs> those are my favorite and you hear those do you listen to a lot of uh podcasts no no really no. not here and there 
Sure. I, I have to do a lot of like writing for work, and so I can't put them on the background because I focus too much. I, yeah. I, like, I've got to, yeah. So, so I consult and work with a lot of people. That's sort of a side gig I do. So I listen, yeah, I know I, you make you, you do a workshop, and you're also the best DJ in Utah. Oh well, you listen to you things. citing back the ads, uh, but I'll help people out, and and I'll listen to like what their competition sounds like, and there there is an art, and I have loved how smoothly this has gone uh, so far, Jeff. Because you and I are just able to feed off each other, and we've done this long enough that we mm. can just we can just tell. Mm, yeah. It seems like I, a sweet I, synergy right now. I feel I feel your yeah. energy. I love it. <laughs> but I there are it. so many people that are so terrible at it, and they'll do those shoehorned cram it in their segues like you just did. Speaking of the door being open, a guitar is the thing I'd like to talk about next. Just like no sort of segue. I, can can I plug the best segueer I'm aware of? It's yes. not a podcast show. There's a YouTube channel, a guy named Adam Ragusia. Okay. And uh, he's he has a it's basically a cooking and food history YouTube channel. Knowledgeable guy, pretty entertaining. If you're into like Alton Brown from the Food Network, he's like that, but not quite at okay. that super nerdy level. The dude segues to his product placements, you know, that he has during YouTube videos, as they often do. He's just a master. Thousand percent master. Can't believe how well he does it. That's all. He just He'll be talking about something, and next thing you know, somehow it makes sense for the sponsor of the of the video. That's awesome. That's he used awesome. To say, he was a journalist though before he did this, so it makes sense. Well, if you were a journalist before you did this, and you've ever wanted to sing in the Tabernacle Choir, the Tabernacle Choir has been nice enough to post how to join the choir. They actually had a very active week in terms of videos and other social media content they pushed. So they must meet some requirements to audition for the Tabernacle Choir. In case you never knew this, you might know this. You have to be a member of the church in good standing. So hmm. basically, if you have a true LDS account, you're fine. If you're between, uh, you have to be between 25 and 55 years of age by a certain date. And you have to live within 100 miles of Salt Lake City, which is like, yeah, I get it. They have their rehearsals and they do it frequently and you're going to commute to make that happen. Um, that's all they say. Then they say, follow along to learn more about the audition process. So what I love about this is nowhere in here do they say you actually need to be a competent singer. Sure. Uh, for example, have any any skills whatsoever in that place. You just have to kind of live nearby. They don't. I wonder if they're like I don't. Do they lose a lot of members? I mean, obviously they weren't active during the pandemic. I wonder if they lost a lot of members because they seem to be going out of their way to post recruitment esque content. Worry not for the Mormon Tabernacle Choir because there's like the choir, or I'm sorry, the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. Uh, yeah. worry not because there's also like the underlings choir and it's essentially like the tabernacle choir at temple yes, square that's, except... that's the millennial the millennial choirs and orchestras yes, well exactly. uh, uh, no no there's ah! there's legitimately oh, although that does feed into it as well many of those millennial choir folks but there is legitimately within the organization of a church like the the triple a league for you baseball fans, uh, the AAA yes. league of the choir, where you have to be in that choir for a certain amount of time before you can actually be in the full-fledged choir. Yeah. Richie, I'm sorry. Do you need to like do an ad break or something? No, no. I just do the one are in you, news. I'm good. Are do you, you sure? Need, do, you need to, do you need to go take an ad break? No, we don't really do that. We believe that we're a public service. But if you want to support our show, go to patreon.com slash This Week in Mormons and feel free to join join the team. Yeah. Just feel free. You can find Mostly us. that's because I am not, Richie is better than I am at actually like like selling ad space. And I just don't want to put in the time to do it. If I could put in the time to do it, I would. And I would just bombard you with ads so sure. I could 
by all the Xboxes, all of them. What I don't think that people realize, and this is actually a, a serious moment, and I want to tell people that if they're twim listeners and they haven't done it, uh, gone to patreon.com forward slash this weekend Mormons to go and do it. Because Jeff, you know, I there there will always be that contention between he and I as to which one's greater and all that stuff that we do for the showbiz of this whole thing. But it's a crap ton of work. And I and I know that he doesn't do it because he's like, hey, one day I'm going to retire on the shekels that come from this weekend Mormons. But I but I'm oh. being serious when oh. I recognize. Listen, I've looked at your numbers. The, I know that the, retirement the, the, the residuals are going to be incredible. Yeah, it's going to be something. But but he works his butt off and does a, a real great job. And so if you've been listening for a long time, I know you have like a one or a two dollar tier. That's nothing. That's one or two dollars a month, you guys, and it sets it, it forgets it, and then you guys can be able to enjoy in perpetuity Jeff coming to you every week, bringing interviews and bringing news. Because in the times when no one's responding, when we feel like we're putting this thing out into a vacuum and no one cares, sometimes the thing that we look at is we go, "Am I making any money? Is it even worth my while? Maybe I should start doing pottery in the backyard, and I'd make more money than this thing." So go to patreon.com forward slash This Week in Mormons and, and make a donation if you haven't yet. I know Richie does the same thing. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to reciprocate that, but That's yes, fine. Richie's great to, too. So yeah. no, support, just support him. He's fine. He's doing great things. It's Richie the has a, he, he drives a RAV4 hybrid. That doesn't yeah. come cheap. How did come you on. know I do that? You posted a picture of it when you got a car once uh, and, that, the, the, and that, that blue is only available on the hybrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great car. I love it so much. It's a beautiful car. Thank I'm you. so excited for all the success you've had with it. Thank you. That is from weekends away from my wife, DJing weddings and stuff like that. Uh, this Week in Mormons, or you can find The Cultural Hall, both forward slash at patreon.com. Uh, Desnat, I want to, the remainder of our stories, because we're already posting an hour, and whenever we you post like an episode. Stories, look, look, though, whenever you post a, a story or a, <laughs> an episode over an hour i'm always like come on it's an hour get the thing done in an hour why what could you possibly have to say in more than an hour and of course here and we i go. agree with, and i agree with you and yeah. i agree with you but then you come down to it, it's like well i could spend a lot of time trying to edit out one or one of these stories and, yep. and knock it down to 58 minutes or something but i you know I want to hit this one. This is just interesting. Uh, North Ogden City. So this is a Utah story. Uh, he has connections to the hashtag Desnat. Uh, there will oh be boy. another story about this coming up as well. Um, but, oh but but the issue is um, he, he was recently in a forum where questions were being asked of him. And people said, hey, aren't you, uh, aren't you associated? Haven't you posted things with the hashtag Desnet and these people are you know far-right extremists in some way people who have been disparaging of um you know uh minimalized communities uh people who have just been outright unchristian uh in the social media space what do you have to say about that and and what i love and it's especially in the story you're about to share where where people are like ah I I just thought I meant Deseret National and I'm you know it's just a it's just a way to say I love the church I and mean, it is clearly not a way to say that you love the church end of sentence period well stated and as you mentioned it also came out last week uh, via the Guardian the British paper that an, an assistant attorney general for the state of Alaska, who is a, who is a Latter-day Saint, is also a prominent desnatter going by, I believe, the uh, Twitter handle of J. Reuben Clark. We had some um, run-ins with him with the cultural hall. Yeah. So his name is uh, Matthias Chicote. I, I, I hope he's an Italian immigrant. If not, his parents were really dedicated to keeping 
the naming conventions alive and well. Anyway, apparently he's a big time Desnatter. He's posted all kinds of hard right wing stuff, uh, plenty of uh, bigotrous language, things along those lines. A lot of things you'd expect from the Desnat crew. It's just, it's sad when you see this. I think it's interesting when people get unmasked in this case. What's funny here is I've, I've seen some people in my circles who actually know this individual personally. Like oh, really? Legal in some ways, legal professionals who have even said, like, I've argued cases against this guy, but they don't say, yeah, he's as much of a skis bag as you think he is. They're like, no, he's he's always been like a thoughtful, consummate professional, like a good debater, does his job well, very nice. Like, obviously, we're going for different goals, but like we respect each other professionally. But then they see this and say, it's weird for me to think that on the side, he's been posting all this other stuff that I've seen under this handle on Twitter, you know, and. I think the big lesson in all of this, folks, is just don't be somebody different <laughs> on. I mean, it's, it's one thing when you amp up a bit. I don't know about your achievement. When we do the podcast, I'm a little bit of an exaggerated version. Sure. Of myself. A little bit, a little bit. Sure. But that's one thing. But like, don't just have like a secret presence on Twitter when you're just actually someone just way worse and you're showing who you truly are. I mean, be who you are. If you're a jerkwad, be a jerkwad in real life so that we right. can try to re rehabilitate you in real life. Right. But, um, it's just, it's so troubling to me though that more than anything i think the we can debate a lot of positions and things on the church and this and that but i think some of the guidance and guidelines we get the church are pretty clear i mean we've had enough we've had plenty of counsel from our brethren in very recent years as recently as the last conference as recently heck as elder oaks like last week reminding us that racism and bigotry have zero place for us in the church I mean, president hinckley said you know, any man who abuses his priesthood in that way, basically amen to the priesthood of that man. Mm -hmm. Like this is this, there's not a lot of room for mincing words there. I mean, this is very pretty clear counsel. So like, where do you get to the place where you're putting on up this public persona, but you're showing who you really are in the Desnat circles and the, like never clicks, especially if it's Desnat where you're quote unquote, like protecting the church right. in a way. And it never registers, does it not register that the very things you're doing are running against your actual leaders i mean it's one thing if you're a part of some group like we talked about the, those the real illuminati or whatever a couple right. weeks ago this bizarre group whose goals are very hard to decipher it's one thing if you're saying like no the church is straight and it's wrong and we're bringing back the pure faith but it's another thing if you're just saying like no we are here to protect the church this church the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints in 2021 with russell m nelson at the at, at the front of it with jesus at the helm and like not how do you not process the other part of that? I just don't understand it. And saying that, I fully recognize I have my own sins and weaknesses and things sure. that I do that are critical and wrong. One of the things that's hardest for me about it is when I don't see any of these people for, for uh, facing church discipline, at least yeah. not that we're yeah. aware of. Like to me, having been someone who has experienced church discipline in a formal matter and knowing, all right, was what I did wrong? You bet. But was I spewing hatred and bigotry on the internet for literal thousands to consume? No, I wasn't. Yet, in the particular instance for me, I face church disciplinary council. In their particular instances, they don't. It's There's some of that nuance of things where I'm like, all right, okay. Yeah, I, I, I could get that. I mean, you've had obviously had your own you know singular experiences on that front, but I could totally understand how it seems like sometimes we zero in on certain Right. Certain errors when it comes to church discipline and others are just like, oh, but he's a good guy. Yeah. It's like, like yeah. yeah. Like anytime that they're as far as I understand it, you'll correct me. I'm sure. Uh, in, until they're um, 
Like if someone is involved in a Ponzi scheme until they're found guilty, their membership isn't taken away from them. Yeah. But the alleged, the involvement of it doesn't drive them to be facing church disciplinary action. They they don't get into that stuff until it is that person was found guilty. And that just boggles my mind. Not that they should be found guilty, obviously, before and then have to be proved in, proven innocent, you know, of their particular thing. But I just find it so fascinating that we don't have those conversations going the same time. And is that because presumably if you were engaging in... Uh... Are you trying to say like if it's alleged apostasy right. or great moral errors, you could be disciplined prior to anything being conf- actually confirmed in any I mean, I get right. it. It's a Ponzi scheme. Courts are involved, whereas as opposed to if there's like, you know, rampant infidelity or something, that's right. different. That's, right. At least that could be what she said. But basically, you're saying the church might act more, I don't know, if not prematurely, but be quicker to make calls about those sorts of things and not wait out the experience before they formally disciplined someone right where but whereas you have like a 21 year old kid who you know touches a boob or something like that right and then it's like well you know that next sunday he goes and talks to the bishop and then six months later he's finding himself being able to take the sacrament again like that to me it just feels like okay what what are we doing yeah yeah i can be a bit beyond the mark but i don't know i'm yeah it's it's really easy to, to you know Monday morning quarterback bishops as sure well. um, and because uh, I I think I I often think if a if a youth came and told me that he as much as has felt someone up mm-hmm. that's it over clothing whatever I get so creeped out when you find out about bishops like get trying to like pry and you know probe and sure. probe and probe um, which is the worst verb I could use in that case but uh, I don't know I like to think I'd be like don't do that yeah just you know just you know hey like. Sort it out. Don't do that. Move right. al- move along. Move right. along and not turn it into a, a thing unless it really is a thing. I don't sure. know. Sure. But what do I know? I'm yeah. not a Well, and the shame around it. And I wasn't trying to, you know, Monday morning quarterback a, a bishop or anything like that. I just, it's it just a thing like that having the experience that it, of being in that, I just kind of am like, what? 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 I just find myself asking that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we'll go through a lot of the rest of these stories pretty quick. There was a fatal shooting okay. in a church parking lot. This happened here in Utah. A 13-year-old. Uh, and a 15-year-old in a car together. The 15-year-old boy was fatally shot. Uh, I'm sorry. The 13-year-old was fatally shot uh, in a tragic accident. It happened just after 1.45 a.m. The, the teens had snuck out of their home uh, to meet outside a Church of Jesus Christ in West Jordan. They sat in a car with a handgun that one of them brought to the scene. The older teen discharged the weapon, striking the victim at least once. Uh, investigators believe that the shooter did not know, in fact, that the gun was loaded. Um, it truly was, they believe, a tragic accident, uh, noting that the 15-year-old was distraught, wanted to help his friend when he called 911, um, and the victim was pronounced dead at the scene. That sucks. Yes, in a big way. It, it, it's There was another story about that on a national uh, scope uh, earlier this week as well, where um, I think the kid was... P- he felt like he was playing a, a video game and, you know, was pointing it at his at his friend and shot him just like he would in a video game. Oh, and geez. I just it people just need to be careful. You what know? you mean is the is the Republican Party in the mid 90s was right. 
when it was freaking when it was just freaking out about video games yeah. right and left. Yeah, make it po- make it political. So I want to I want. Well, you I to- will. I mean, I mean, honestly, now that we know Joe Biden and the Democrats are going to take away our guns, everything's going to be sure. fine. Sure. Did they say that? Oh no, they didn't. They didn't say that. I'm going to make Richie very uncomfortable with how often I, with how I will just so casually veer into political things that I and you'll never know what I actually think. That's the beauty of it. Uh, this next one, I want anyway. you to recognize what you called the title of this story because that was more interesting than the actual story to me. <laughs> Is this, am I the one who wrote this? On yes. The thing? Okay. Yeah, because I, I was going to tease you about it. Petition to allow bears at BYU. Uh, what you need to do is add a D there. It's about bringing back beards. But I would love it if they'd allow bears at BYU. Yeah, Just right? be like, come, come down from the hills, my ursine friends, please. Uh, so there's a change.org petition. And these things always just move mountains yeah. when it comes to yeah. anything happening that's church related, of course, to bring hashtag bring back the beard at BYU. It has 5,604 for the 5,564 signatures with a goal of a thousand. The whole point of this, it's nothing you haven't heard before. It's stupid. We don't allow beards at BYU. But and, but but I will yeah. say this again, as someone who works there daily. Uh, I saw more beards at BYU during uh, the pandemic for those that worked on uh, worked on and or attended school and were on mm-hmm. campus at all. I mean, school on campus didn't really exist, but there were student workers on campus because they had the masks. Several, and you'll love the ridiculousness of this, had mask beards, which is oh, they would make it look like they didn't have a beard if you had a mask on your face. So it's like an enlarged goatee, but like the oh. side the side of your sideburns and then the throat part of your beard, they would shave it, and so it's just a big burly goatee because oh. they could get away with it because they had to wear masks. They, they do mention this in the change.org thing. I didn't know this. They said a lot of yeah students and fac- male to faculty grew beards throughout twenty. 20- I didn't know that. Did everyone just say COVID sucks? We're not going to worry about this right now. Is that yeah. the whole? I, I don't know what the deal was. And then the next line is great. It says beards are clearly prophetic. They were used by righteous men from Adam down through the ages. While Joseph Smith couldn't grow a good beard, most of his leading brethren could and did. Is that why Joseph Smith was clean shaven? Was he just was he a bad beard grower? Is that what does Bushman say? Is that, I, I don't is know. I'll have to ask him. I'll have to ask him. Anyway, so yeah, sure. We've had beards. We got rid of beards. We could talk all about the uh, the correlation era and fear of hippies and all the sorts of things that led us to where we are today. But they're hoping by petitioning. Somehow, BYU will say, thank you, change.org. You are the ones who made us realize what we could not realize before. They, they, won't, they won't be going away anytime soon. People at no. BYU wear the fact that we don't wear beards as a badge of peculiarity that they just aren't ready to get rid of. That's really what it is. And it's it, it's and not that I'm, it makes sense. It's not that we believe the way that we did in the 70s. It's not any of that. It's a badge of peculiarity. And of course, like I, I can't be objective about this. I have had a beard for a very long time. Um, when I go back to BYU and walk around on campus, I like I, I hope people will leer at me, but it doesn't really happen. <laughs> I want them to think I'm some some random apostate wandering their halls. But. Uh, I want to give you this next story, even though it's technically, as we have this laid out, would be my turn, uh, because I just don't care about this story that much. I don't and care. I know you care <laughs> a lot. I don't care a ton about it. It's mostly a mention just because, you know, the church, church, you know, they announce new temple sites and groundbreak stuff. And we like to cover that over on the TWIM. Anyway, they announced the location for the Yorba Linda, California temple uh, in the past week or so. Is it a nice is place? Good. Nice place? 
Oh, it's your Belinda is known as the land of gracious living, and it's often ranked as one of the best places to live in the country. There are many ex expensive multi-million dollar homes and a strong equestrian culture. Actually, your Belinda was curious growing up because, yeah, people like owned horses. And there's always random little horse trails that cut through all hmm. over the town, all over the city. Anyway, I, I mostly care because I grew up in that area. That's my old home stick. And so we're excited to get the temple. They're building it where we kind of thought they might. And uh, it's great. Uh, since you don't care about it, I don't want to make no, spend listen, too much time on it. What does Yorba Linda mean? Will you do, will you translate it and tell me what Yorba Linda well, means? Yorba is just more like a name. Linda means it means beautiful. Okay, more or less. So beautiful Yorba. Was, the area was settled by a man named Bernardo Yorba at one point in time, so they gave it that name. The real claim to fame is Richard Nixon was born in Yorba Linda. His huh. presidential library is in Yorba Linda. He's buried in Yorba Linda. And this temple will be built roughly only a mile on his grave. Away. That is the well. I mean, really, you can do the work for the dead in a very real way now. <laughs> Uh, once that temple's in place it's super cool though i mean it's it's weird for me to think that as a non-uton right i mean mm -hmm. like growing up and like we had to go to la then they built newport which was awesome to have a temple in newport beach but now literally from like my mom's house it's a five to ten minute drive to where the temple is going to be in your belinda which is that's something i never thought would actually happen in my day so good uh, times california's ninth temple do you know who nathan wayne enterkin is Entrican? my guess I believe, isn't he a, a Roman gladiator who infiltrated the Capitol? I love this story. There's so many people that didn't recognize he's clearly Moroni with a title of liberty. Uh, We're not doing our job as missionaries, yeah, apparently. No. Guys, get out there. Let's cosplay the missionaries for 2022. Just go as your favorite Book of Mormon or Bible character. Uh, he, he, of course, is uh, the Captain Moroni, who with title of liberty in hand, that video is one of my favorite videos uh, of maybe all time, but certainly of 2021, where he talks, he he tries, and he does what every member of the church does, which I, I just love Nathan for this. He gives way too much information in his excitement to tell people about a particular <laughs> part of our faith. And you know what I'm talking about? It's like, yeah, yeah I'm going to the, the video. I'm going to yeah. the temple, but it's the temple because we do work for the dead. Because in Corinthians, it talks about doing work for the dead and we make covenants and we just like, we just deluge people with information when really he could just have kept a little more simple. Uh, he is facing, let's see, I forget the charges that... Uh, They've charged him with knowingly entering or remaining on restricted grounds, as well as violent entry and disorderly conduct at the Capitol. Uh, he's one of more than 500 people who've been in charge with in connection with the riot um, there on January 6th. See, in that case, I, maybe they did learn their history because I don't think he did anything particularly violent. But maybe they're like, hey, he's Captain Moroni. He's got this whole thing with the Malachia. He's kind of mad at Pahoran. But I don't know if we can trust this guy. Yeah. He might be a little violent. Mm-hmm. Who's to say? Uh, this one should probably be more you, Richie, because you're at least a Utah voter, but it's interesting. So uh, Mike Lee is the, you know, one of the senators from Utah, the senior senator from Utah, as we say officially. And Mike Lee has made some interesting choices in the past little while, uh, many could say. And there are many, even in Republican circles, who are not so hot on Mike Lee anymore. And of course, he's a member of our faith. Uh, one such individual is Ali Issam, who if you don't I know think the it's name, Isom. I think it's Isom. Ali Isom is... <laughs> Uh, if you don't know the what name, what does that translated mean? I don't know. It's what's what's Isom. That's got to be Dutch or something. I don't know. But maybe it's maybe it's Irish. Either way, uh, if you don't know that name, she was once the spokesperson for the church. It's only a couple of years ago. She hasn't been out of the game for super super long, right? Didn't she go work at the U or something like that afterwards? I don't remember what she was doing. But uh, but she's gonna pr she's primary and challenging Mike Lee. 
I don't like expect her to win or anything. I mean, it's hard to knock down an incumbent, even in a general election, let alone knock them down on a primary. Not that it hasn't happened, of course. Sure. But, uh, mostly just for general interest that uh, she's it's it's fun for me to see church people who are ostensibly apolitical doing the job of the church. But you leave that employee and do something else and then show your political side. And it's not that I did not expect her perhaps to be a like a Romney Republican in Utah, which is like, OK, all right, that's fine. Um, but now she's going to go up against one of her own her own people. It reminds me of like um, C. Scott Grow, who was a member of the 70. He's mm-hmm. a member of the Idaho. Mm-hmm. He's a member of the Idaho State Assembly. Uh, it's just a similar thing. Like, you know, people move on from their various church callings or employ and they do have political beliefs. And sometimes that can make you see them differently. I don't know much about Ali's platform or what she's going after. I think she's going, I think she's going after the Mike Lee has lost his mind angle and put me in there and I will not lose my mind. I will just be good friends with Mitt Romney. Well, the thing that I think is most fascinating about that is because Utah uh, um, leans so heavily Republican and the way that they're trying to change voting laws in the state of Utah. um, I think that you'll see, I think you'll see a tremendous amount of people whom are Democrats register as Republicans so they can vote within the Republican. I mean, we saw some of that with uh, the last election, but you can kind of flip flop back and forth and be part of one party and then part of another. But I think that you'll see at least in some number uh, the amount of Republicans uh, or I'm sorry, Democrats in the state of Utah register as Republicans so they can vote in the actual election that matters, the primary. And I think that she'll do better than than maybe you think. Or whoever ends up being sort of the front runner competitor to Mike Lee uh, coming with this next election next year, I think that that person will do better because there is sort of that consensus of, all right, Mike Lee, I'm not sure what happened, but it happened. But did, didn't Utah change? I mean, did, you had open primaries though until they changed the laws just this last year, right? Uh, no, so I think, don't think so. Do you think they'll go to the trouble? to register as Republicans just so... No, I don't think it was open primaries, but now they're saying you have to... Oh, no, I know what the law is. You have to register far enough in advance. Yeah, that's the change. So so now you'll have to do it and and stay there. Uh, Another story worth a mention, you know, the Property Brothers? There's an article that came out this week. Are they LDS? They look like they'd be LDS. They spoke at an LDS conference. Are they? No, that's the article. They spoke at an LDS conference? Yeah, they stoke, spoke at Roots Tech a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Well, Not yeah, like that's... the LDS conference yeah, okay. and the like... LDS conference. <laughs> I was like, was it the true LDS conference? Yeah. Were they there? Yes. Someone? You guys. Oh, bless them. Other This this whole article can mention, be like a whole show in and of itself. We kind of buried this one on the bottom. But the New York Times covered garments for women. I don't know why they just chose to go after this. Um, because the piece is pretty much fair i don't think it's the new york times trying to go after like the, like the you know the patriarchy angle or anything like that some of the comments sure and some of the people they interviewed sure but basically they talk about sacred underclothes and how many women you know are frustrated by them being itchy constrictive how one of them wants quote buttery soft fabric mm-hmm. which i think does exist in some cases i mean obviously i'm a man the g's the cuts are different. They can fit a little bit different for sure. me, but like my wife's never had any major complaints. I mean, she's spent time and years, I think finding what works best for her. And I think a lot of garments, and once again, not, I understand, I don't understand everything facing women, but I, I, I think a lot of it also has to do with like, it's like your body type, your skin type, the mm. environment you live in, the weather, lots of things can contribute to whether you're comfortable or not in garments, which are, are not designed, especially for women, I think to be as 
as pleasant feeling as it might be to wear something quote unquote worldly per right. se. But, but it is an interesting article. I mean, just to get the breakdown of interviewing these various Latter-day Saint women and they talk about even you know, some of the history of garments, how they've changed over time and this and that. Um, I was surprised to see the Times cover. It had a lot of comments, like 9,000 comments. And sure. of course, many of them, many of them were like, well, what do you expect? It's about control. The men are trying to make you uncomfortable so that you feel like you're being controlled. And I'm like, I've also worn garments that are uncomfortable and I'm a man. I mean, it's not, yeah. the market's not cornered on that front, but it was worth the re- The reason why I tucked it, and I'm glad you brought it up in the way you did. It's a big story. We don't need two dudes talking about <laughs> garments yeah. for women. We plan in a future episode of the Cultural Hall to talk about garments specifically and this article so i just felt like yes worth mentioning but but <laughs> I, I don't know that i have too much to add because i don't know what that experience is like for women uh this tyler glenn neon trees that's the band uh his family they fly a rainbow flag they live here in the state of utah they stole that is they being some horrible person who can't let people be able to express themselves in the way they would like to a rainbow flag from their uh front yard from the uh the Glenn family front yard pride flag. Messed and it, up. And it happens a ton here, and I don't understand it. I I, I don't know either. That's I, why I can't move to Utah. What's well, wrong with you people? I, I just, I don't get why anyone would ever think, because there have been, uh, I had a friend who the rainbow flag was taken from the, like the flagpole, and they burned it on the porch. Oh. So so it's just oh. a poor taste, and I understand, and, and I'm not saying that everyone has to agree, agree with it. I'm not saying you have to put out your own rainbow flag, but I, I, I as, a, as a human being, as a good Earth citizen, would never understand why I would walk on someone's property and say, I'm just going to go ahead and take this because I disagree with it and either burn it, get rid of it, or make it so that person can't be able to express it on his own. That kind of thinking, I just don't understand. No, me neither. I don't get it at all. I mean, there's always a risk when I think any group forms some sort of cultural homogeneity right like mm-hmm. if you've got a uh, yeah that's just so fr- it's just fr- it's so frustrating like why 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 do you care like what you think your kids are gonna see a rainbow flag and all of a sudden they're like oh mom i have these the church, feelings the church, no it's not how it the works. church is false and i hate everything you stand for <clears throat> it's just no folks just let people just like live their lives and do their thing and love them and just love them and care for them no matter their persuasion whether they are of the church, against the church, were once in the church, are just Catholics and don't care at all. I mean, who cares? Just <laughs> love the people. Oh, uh, I'm serious, though. Like, you know how it is in Utah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a thing in Utah. It had to be called out in the last general conference. Straight up saying they hear about, about members of the church not letting their kids play with non-member kids yeah, in their neighborhood. It's like absurd. It's it's, that just, is just appalling to right. me. And I... It's very much a it's very much Utah thinks there's a dominant culture there. I'm like, I didn't deal with that growing up. Like, yeah, I had Mormon friends and I just also just played with my friends and we weren't all obsessed with like what our religious persuasion was. I think some of that's funny in hindsight, because when I was a kid, I didn't even realize like I was hanging out with Muslim friends mm-hmm. and other Christian friends or non whatever. You don't even realize these things when you're a kid. They're just your friends. Yeah. You don't care about any of that. So just bring that to the people. Anyway, um, for some reason, you gave me this one, but the shooting survivor, Desiree Turner, who was shot in the head four years ago by um, her classmates, which was very nice, and that left her disabled, is serving a, a service mission for the church. And she's donating flowers and making bouquets and donating them to hospice care and nursing homes. I remember we both nice. did this story, tragic story. Uh, the These, at the time, obviously, friends shot her. And because the flowers were such a significant part of her yeah. recovery... They incorporated it into her service mission. It's just a beautiful story um, of hope. That's why 
I kind of wanted to make sure that got in here. I uh, like it. Thank you. Uh, European Temple Facts, are you ready? Yes, I like Europe. I've been to Europe. I'm, a, I'm into Europe. I like Europe. And you Tell like, me about Europe. And you like facts. I've been, I used to live in, I've, li I've lived in Europe, Richie. You know, you like to drop, I've, I've lived there. Yes. Yes. I need you to stall for two more seconds while I find Well, let me tell you about how, paper. folks, I've lived uh -huh. in Europe on three occasions. There it is. I, I got it. A, Here we go. I served a mission in Spain. I went to grad school in Scotland, and I spent a summer living in Ukraine doing work on democratization. Okay, All right, continue. here we go. The first temple in Norway, fourth in Scandinavia after Stockholm, Sweden, Copenhagen, Denmark, or Copenhagen, I understand, and Helsinki, Copenhagen. Finland. Ah! Uh, Finland's, not part of Finland's not part of Scandinavia. The Let's talk about geopolitics. Scandinavian implies a Germanic heritage and a shared language. All right, so Norway, Sweden, Denmark, or Scandinavia, maybe Iceland. Finland is a Nordic country, but the language they speak is Uralic. It's not, they're not, they're not, they're not Scandinavian. I'm going to give you I David mean. Schneider's email. He's the one who wrote this for LDS Living. David Schneider, you're a joke. Norway is a home to 4,500 church members in two stakes and 20 congregations. The oh, stakes cool. are based in Oslo and Drammen. Uh, Oslo, the country's capital, has a population of 600,000 and more than a million people in its metropolitan <laughs> area. These are random factoids. It's like yeah. you can do this for anywhere you're building a temple. Yeah. Also, uh, the city. Also, they, they, they like pickled herring. Uh, the first also... missionaries. This is interesting. The first missionaries arrived in Norway in 1851. The first two congregations were organized in July 1852. And until 1950, members and missionaries in Norway used the Danish translation of the Book of Mormon. In 1988, the hmm. church officially registered with the Norwegian government. Took us that long, huh? That's mm -hmm. surprising, actually. Mm -hmm. See? Interesting European facts. Well, you only did Norway. You haven't even touched upon Belgium and, and Austria. Uh -huh. I think I forgot to print the rest. <laughs> I think that's because the original article from LDS Living only, it's a teaser. It just gives you the, the Norway stuff, and then it does, you have to click in to the, the church news. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be teased. I don't know. There's the first temple in Belgium. There's 6,000 members in Belgium. It's just random factoids. It's it's cool. Don't knock it's David great. Schneider until you've tried him. I am psyched that they're doing a temple in Vienna, considering they also announced one in Budapest. I thought those would be too close together to have each have a temple, but what do I know? They did them on the far sides of those respective cities. They're like literally an hour apart by train. It's Well, an hour and change. Anyway, if they do a temple in Bratislava someday, that's going to be... Am I right? Yeah. Who's with him? Am I right or am I right or am I right? All right. Right, 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 And for some reason, you've given me a Chad Daybell story. I don't know why. I think. You're oh, no, arsonist in court. That's the one I gave you. Wait, wait, wait. Where am I? The oh, Cape Girardeau. No, the link is to the shooting survivor. Oh, darn it. Well, Cape Girardeau, I know that. I know that is in Missouri. Yep. And he's in and court. It was also, he's in it court. It was also the location of the book Gone Girl. And uh, he's in court. Yep. It's it's moving so, through. The guy who burned the chapel in Missouri, he's going to court. That's it. These are oh, just mentions. Just mentions. Okay. Chad Daybell uh, is not going to be charged in Lori's fourth husband's death. If you're the Daybells are psychos from Idaho. If you're not familiar with the whole Daybell thing, sorry, 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 Richie. Allegedly psychos. Yeah, the twin sisters love uh, the, the stories twin of the Daybells. Love the Daybell story. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They eat every bit of that up. So that was sort of a nod to them. Uh, the Nevada shooter, you remember this a couple of years ago? Uh, LDS Chapel in yeah, yeah, yeah. southern-ish Nevada uh, went in. He has been ruled uh, incompetent to be able to stand trial. Uh, he went into the church. I don't think anyone died, but he did uh, shoot several people, several shots fired within that church. Um, he has been ruled, as I say, uh, incompetent. Not going to be standing trial.
I thought that was just a quick follow-up. Uh, also, from what you should hope is satire, so uh, Shakari Richardson, of course, was dropped from the Olympic team for the marijuana. And uh, the Victory News Network put out a meme that said she was being replaced specifically by a Mormon athlete because they wanted to help inspire a, you know, just say no kind of campaign on drugs. Uh, Snopes, of course, realized this was this is satire, people. It was just, it was satire. It's a genuine photo of an athlete, but it's just a doctored image to make it look like it's a thing. Anyway, that's not real. So if you were sitting there hoping that we were putting Mormons in the Olympics just for anti-drug campaigns, you're going to be just very disappointed. Well, it was one of these stories where like everyone thought it was as it was satire and kind of coming out. We've heard the story before, though, uh, anecdotally, where people have said, like, you know, because of the clean living that that individual had, they were standing ready to be able to step in and to do this thing. And so that was the satire. A yeah. lot of people got caught up in it thinking that it was a real story and then sort of ended up with egg on their face going, oh, oh, shoot. It's 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 people it's not uh, wrapping to quote, Bill, to quote Bill Murray and Brownhog Day. Groundhog like Day <laughs> and Groundhog Day. People like blood sausages. People are idiots. <laughs> you grounded. You quoted Groundhog Day just a minute ago too. Am I right? Or am I right? Right, 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 right. Well, right. I mean, Ned Ryerson's just too easy. That's just part of my life. Uh, the BYU football team—they're tapping President Nelson not to play in the game, which is what I thought maybe this headline would mean. Um, but they have a quote. Uh, that essentially like how Notre Dame, they have the sort of quote uh, before they run the tunnel and uh, yeah. head out yeah, on yeah. the field. It's um, from President Nelson that says, the Lord loves effort because effort brings rewards that can't come without it. And that's what's motivating the football team this year. Again, work, not work, a big work. story. Just mentions. Also, also, there's a Gospel for Kids app now because... Okay, uh, that's good. It's a Gospel for Kids app. I think this is good. You got scripture stories from the Book of Mormon. Is this because the church realized a bunch of private individuals were making much better content online than you would get from the Come Follow Me manual? Yes. I mean, I think that, that has to be the case. I mean, I'm a big supporter of the Latter-day Kids website, for example. If you haven't been there, folks, great, solid content on that place that can help your kids with, uh, with their various Come Follow Me lessons. So this is an app, and you can get it. It's just more child-friendly than Gospel Library and all that good stuff. Colorful things, beautiful iconography, favicons galore. Who doesn't love what they're doing here? I haven't used this yet. I probably should. You cause... should. You've got the kids. I don't have the little kids. Yeah, I've got the kids. I wonder if they, is it available for a the Kindle Fire? Because this is one of these dumb things where they only developed it for iOS or PadOS. No, they've like... got to do it for everyone. It's got to be the there link? for everyone. They, you would think that, but sometimes they still, it's available for iOS and Android. There you go. English. There you well, go. that's iOS and Android. If you're using it, I have to sideload the App Store for yada, You can, yada, yada. You can it, catch it, Jeff it in a YouTube video where he explains what he's talking about later at this week. Sideloading is okay. <laughs> uh, and then final story, you waited all the way to the end to get something like this. There's nobody here. It's gonna the metrics for this episode. Yeah, are be gone. Great. They're out. Nobody's heard the nobody's heard the past forty minutes. How discussion. will they know about the town of Folsom at the bottom of Folsom Lake? Settled by prospectors in the 1840s. By 1853, it had a population of more than 2,500 people. Then it was covered by a reservoir. And now, because the West is so dry, you can see the foundations of some of these old buildings. It's like being a treasure hunter in the bottom of a lake because of the drought. But why do the ruins, why do these ruins matter in particular to Latter day Saints, Richie? Because the people who founded the town of Folsom, they were members of. Well, back then, the Mormon Church, but we today would say the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, my goodness. So that's like their house. Yeah. 
It's a pioneer house. Well, that's exciting. We should take a trek. You and I will dress up like pioneers, and we'll just do the base of Folsom Lake. And I'm we'll in. take a boat out there yeah. and just stand, and just stand there. And then it'll be like that movie Pirates of the Great Salt Lake, yes. which is a bizarre film. Have you seen that? Of course. I don't know if anyone has. Like you have to dig around and realize Kirby Hayborn made Pirates of the Great Salt Lake, and I think ten people have seen it. Yep. It's a it's a random little film. I oh don't my know gosh. how that was a thing. That's how I know we would be best friends. Jeff, it's it's way past your bedtime. Well, you know, it's it's later here, but it's fine. I mean, with with that sweater, you gotta go get yourself some Grammys, some graham crackers and I've got some chamomile tea waiting oh. for me, absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah! I'm smoking like Cliff, like, like, like Cliff Clavin now. I got cheers. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, how's it going, Naomi? Um, and, uh, how did this go? Did we do all right? Did you like it? You like this thing, Richie? I, I, I feel closer to everything good and true in this world. Yes. I Just th- so you know, we I titled this episode when we got on to record it. It's the Jeff Ritchie battle to the death. Uh, we're both still standing. So yes. neither of us is shiz, apparently. Yeah. No, we my are... head and my arms up in the air as they shake to yeah, the ground. That's how I know we would be good friends. We both get the just insane, stupid references to one another. Our love of state capitals. And now this, episode 540 of both This Week in Mormons and of the Cultural Hall in the Books. Well, tell us what you thought, folks. Contact at thisweekinmormons.com. You can get in touch with me. Or contact at theculturalhall.com. That is the one thing I will admittedly say that I stole from you. I think I had mail or something like that Ah. originally. And I was like, nah, contact sounds better. So I don't know how we do the sign off. So I'll just say thanks, everybody. It's been real. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. If you're not healthy enough to listen this week that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And then when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the the meantime, now wait, because i got to give name sponsors here. In the meantime, Brother Brent, Debbie Wanless, BigMikesProducts.com, and Cake Chocolate Cake Spite Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the cultural hall. Be well, be holy, be happy. Swim is is out. Bye-bye. Ha. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really got to go on the Culture Hall show.